Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another exciting episode of Carving the Divine TV. My name is Yujiro Seki. I'm a director, writer, and the producer of the documentary Carving the Divine. Carving the Divine is about the Buddhist sculptors of Japan, and I'm ready to present it for the first time in the world. But before I do so, I thought it would be a great idea to introduce basic concepts of Buddhism and the history of Buddhism so that when you guys finally watch my documentary, you guys can watch it at the maximum value. So today, I'm going to have a special episode. I, I know I always say it's a special episode, but today it's a super, super special because finally, we're going to dig uh, even deeper into the world of Buddhism. Uh, Japanese Buddhist sculptures. Well, you know, Buzuzo, there are so many of them. We don't even know where to start. And sometimes the knowledgeable scholars just throw all the information at us and we are lost and we don't want to learn anymore about it. So to avoid that, today I have a special, special guest who can talk about the uh, Buddhist sculptures of Japan. So. Let me introduce to you, Mr. Uh, Mark Schumacher. Welcome back. I'm glad to be back. Great. Mr. Schumacher, I know by now the audience knows about you, but just in case for the people who don't know anything about you, please introduce yourself. Well, Kamakura, which was the 13th century military capital of Japan, has been my home for 27 years. And uh, when I came here in 1993, I had no interest in Buddhism or Buddhist artwork. But after exploring the city, which has something like 120 temples and shrines, I fell in love with these life-size, century-old wooden carved statues. And uh, I just didn't know what they were, who they were what they represented. And up until then, I thought, you know, Buddha. Buddha is just the historical Buddha, right? But no, as you said in the beginning, there are dozens and dozens of Buddhas. There are thousands and thousands of deities and magical creatures. So um, I began in 1995 to start cataloging the gods and goddesses of Japan. And I have a website called the A to Z Photo Dictionary of Japanese Buddhist Statuary. Long title. Um, I've been working on it for 25 years. It's an unending project. I keep learning more and more, and I keep forgetting more and more. <laughs> In any case, the statuary, my love is the, is the, uh, the middle, medieval, 13th, 12th, 11th century Buddhist statue. Mm, wonderful. So uh, we can tap into your knowledge today. So I'm very, very excited about that. So uh, to make it easier for you guys, we're going to talk about the categories of Buzzo. So there are categories. And in my opinion, if we don't understand the categories, I don't think we have a business. So today, <laughs> today we're going to talk about the first category, which is the Nyorai. In English, we say it Buddha. So 
what is nyorai, uh, Mr. Schumacher? I know there's a shaka nyorai, uh, uh, dainichi nyorai, uh, yakushi nyorai, and many, many nyorai, but we don't even know where to start. So please tell us. Okay. Um, essentially, the word Buddha itself is a Sanskrit term, which means to awaken, to become enlightened, uh, to become liberated. And uh, there were many different ways to say Buddha. One of them, another word was Tathagata. And Tathagata is the translation, I mean, Nyo, the Japanese word Nyorai is the translation of Tathagata. Tathagata also means Buddha, okay? But so Nyorai then is the very highest class of divinity. There are actually 10 classes. The object, the object of a Buddhist practitioner is to become a Buddha. And uh, many of the uh, Japanese schools of Buddhists today believe that anybody in this lifetime can reach Buddhahood. And so today we're gonna to be talking about Buddhahood and the statues and how we can identify them easily. Um, but just to make it simpler, we'll see some charts as well that'll show you the categories. Now, right below Buddha, another word most people will know is Bodhisattva. And Bodhisattva will definitely become Buddhist, that's for sure. But for a time, they delay Buddhahood to stay here on earth to help all sentient beings uh, reach salvation. And then below this class, the Bodhisattva, who will become Buddhist, we have a whole group of protector deities and divas from the Hindu pantheon, and then we have magical dragons and foxes and things like that. Um, so it's never ending, uh, but just a few rules of thumb, and you can more or less identify what class of deity you're looking at when you visit a temple. So um, there were no statues of the historical Buddha un until approximately five years, uh, I'm sorry, 500 years after his death. During that 500 years, we did have stone carvings of the Buddha's footprint. And these were distributed throughout all of Asia, China, Tibet, Southeast Asia, Korea. And uh, here we can see one that was found in the area in Pakistan. Pakistan also, by the first century, had humanistic statues of the historical Buddha. And today we're going to talk about some of the common characteristics of Buddha, the Buddha class of statues. Uh, just so we have kind of a mental roadmap, in Buddhism, the very top level, the very highest stage of existence that you can reach is enlightenment. And that's populated by the Buddhas. Here we can see in our chart, we can see the Shaka, the historical Buddha. We can see Yakushi Nyorai, the medicine Buddha. 
Here we can see Minoku Buddha, the Buddha of the future. That's the highest class. And in Buddhism itself, as practiced today, anyone can become a Buddha in their own life through following the right path, the eightfold path. Below the Buddha class is the Bodhisattva class. Now these Bodhisattvas will surely become Buddhas. They will become Buddhas. But for a time they delay their entry into Buddhahood to stay behind on earth to help all sentient beings reach salvation. Below that class is a class of protective deities. Uh, in our case here, we'll be talking about them later uh, in a different uh, uh, talk. Is the Myo'o or the warlike, fierce, wrathful deities. And then below that is the Diva class. And this is the class that I am most um, curious about. They, they, um, it includes hundreds of different deities. And they originally were Hindu gods who were subdued and then converted to Buddhism. So in any case, today we're talking about the Buddha class, top class. Uh, and we just mentioned that there were no statues until around the first century AD. Prior to that, we would find these statues, uh, these footprint statues of the Buddha. Not until the first and second century do we start to see humanistic statues of the Buddha. And then from this point forward, all the Buddha essentially are, are shown with uh, common characteristics, common attributes. Here we see a lump of knowledge, and we see curly, wavy hair. We see a third eye, and we see long ears, elongated ears. Um, those are some of the characteristics shared by all the deities in the Buddha class, in the Myodai class. Here we see a statue from China in the fifth century. This is a statue of Dainichi Buddha, the cosmic Buddha. Again, there's a lump of knowledge, it's curly hair, it's hard to see here, a third eye, long ears, and very simple, um, a very simple gown, no adornments, no jewelry. As we can see here, a very simple gown, no jewelry. Uh, here's a, a long distance shot of the same Dainichi statue. This is in Longmen in China, central China. Uh, just a little bit of history. Uh, Buddhism originated in India and by the first, second century it had gone to China and by the fourth century it had gone to Korea and by the sixth century, around 550, 552, it arrived here in Japan. And by this time, uh, the, the, the world of Buddhist deities had exploded. The number of Buddhas, the number of Bodhisattvas, the numbers of uh, magical creatures. Here we see one of the earliest statues of the historical Buddha uh, that's in Japan. And again, here we can see the bump of knowledge, the third eye, the elongated ears, all knowing, all seeing, all hearing. And as well, here on the very far left, this statue of the historical Buddha, uh, as well, 
has, oops, I'm sorry, this statue of the historical Buddha again shows the pump of knowledge, the curly hair, the third eye, elongated ears, the simple gown, um, no ornaments, no jewelry. And that's, that's, these are very important characteristics of the Buddha class. Uh, another way to identify deity and the class they're in is to look at their hands and the mood, their mudras, hand symbols, mudra. In this case, a very common hand gesture of the historical Buddha, Shaka Buddha, Shaka Nurai, is the right hand pointing upward, the fear, not mudra, and the left hand pointing down to the earth, which is the blessing mudra. He, among the deities, probably is the only one shown often with this particular hand symbol. We can see some other types of deities. Here we can, uh, a Buddhist deities. Here we see the medicine Buddha, the Yakushi Buddha, right? Again, bump of knowledge, curly hair, hard to see, but a third eye, elongated ears, very simple gown. Uh, here we see the big Buddha of Nara. This is the, uh, the Bidushana Buddha, which is another name for the cosmic Buddha, Dainichi. Buddha. Again, lump of knowledge, curly hair, long ears, third eye, very simple gown. Um, this, this is, I think, 30 meters tall, made of bronze. Here in my own city, Kamakura, we have the Amida Buddha, Amida Nyorai, who is the, uh, the uh, central deity of the Pure Land School, Pure Land School is one of the largest denominations even today. I, I think the three largest denominations in Japan are the Pure Land School, Amida, the Zen School, which is Shaka Nyorai, the historical Buddha, and then the Nichiren School. But Nichiren doesn't worship any particular deity. It worships the lotus. Um, so here again, Amida, Buddha, love of knowledge, Curly hair, third eye, elongated ears, very simply dressed. And the hand gesture here, if you know a little bit about um, the hand gestures, just, just study a little bit, you, you would automatically recognize this as being Amida Buddha because of the, the circles he's making with his hands. Uh, Amida Nyorai, they said, took eons and eons and eons to gain enlightenment. And here's a humorous statue, in my mind, it came from the Muramachi era, which is 15th century. It's because it took so long, he's grown all his hair. Um, did I write anything? Hozo practice for an inconceivably long time, and is thus shown with this very thick hair. This particular month then becomes Amida Buddha in the future. Um, here again, we see the cosmic Buddha. This is the 12th century carving down in Oita. Um, in the center, we see Dainichi Nyorai. Hard to tell here with the photo, but the bump of down is the third eye, long, long ears, and the simple garment. So those are very simple ways to recognize the highest class of deity, the Buddha class, the Nyorai class. Um, here near my house um, in Shiva, uh, here's a statue of the 
Medicine Buddha. Here again, bump of knowledge, third eye, elongated ears, simple gown. And we can easily identify this Buddha because this Buddha always carries a medicine jar. So this is his medicine jar telling us it's the Buddha of medicine. And uh, let's see. Oh, okay. So when we next talk, we'll talk about the second highest class, the Bodhisattva class, those who will become Buddhas, but delay entry into Buddhahood to stay here to help all people towards salvation. But in actually, there are 10 classes. And the Buddha class, which we talked about today, which we identified with certain characteristics, um, right below them is the Bodhisattva class, and they, they can also be identified by certain characteristics. Below them are uh, the, the, the realms of learning and realization. And these are considered together the four enlightened realms. Once you have um, pro progressed this far to one of these realms, you no longer fall into the, the six realms of suffering, the six realms of karmic rebirth. Most people um, know a little bit about uh, re reincarnation or karma. These six realms, these six passive realms below um, are the six karmic realms. And uh, essentially, basically, if you you act correctly, you think correctly, you do all the right things. When you die, you will be reborn at a higher level. If you're a very bad person, do evil things, when you're reborn, you'll be reborn at a lower level. And these are the six levels. And we're constantly spinning in these six levels. We're being reborn down or we're being reborn up. If we don't practice properly, we can never attain these higher four realms. Um, so just quickly, the realms are the hell realm, the worst realm of suffering. The next realm was the hungry ghost realm. This, in this realm, it's very interesting. In this realm, they're surrounded by wonderful looking food, but when you try to eat it, it turns into to dung or human feces. You're surrounded by all these wonderful things to drink, but the minute you try to drink them, they turn into fire and burn your throat. So you're surrounded by all these wonderful things, but you can never eat them or drink them. The next realm is animal realm, the realm of suffering and slavery. The fourth realm is the uh, realm of anger, basically. And then there's the human realm, our realm. As you can see, the human realm is very close to being in an enlightened realm. But we still have to work very hard to, to become enlightened. At the top of the six realms in the karmic world is the diva realm. And we mentioned them before that the diva um, came from the Hindu pantheon. Here's the diva class. Uh, they came from the Hindu pantheon. They were subdued and converted to Buddhism. And now they serve as protectors in our, in the world today. And they serve as protectors of the Buddhist faith. Um, many people might be familiar too with the Tibetan 
wheel of life. The, the Tibetan wheel of life also shows the six realms, one, two, three, four, five, six. You see the, re the realms here are the, the diva realm, the blizzard realm, hung, hungry ghosts, beings in hell, animals, humans. And the wheel is being held by Yama, the Lord of Death, or the Lord of the Underworld, because it signifies that we are always suffering if we do not escape the wheel of life. Up here we see the moon, which symbolizes liberation, and here we see the Buddha pointing at the moon, because you want to, you don't want to be trapped forever in the wheel of life, so you strive to become a Buddha. Um, that's uh, basically, unless you have some questions. Oh, um, yes, yes. I was wondering, uh, Diva sounds like it's more important than uh, human, uh, better than human. But you know, I heard uh, it's not necessarily true. So uh, please tell us, is Diva better than human? Well, Divas are basically living in paradise. And uh, it's a very interesting story is that the diva are higher along the realms. You know, they're closest to Buddhahood, closer than humans. But apparently, once you get to the diva paradise, life is bliss. Life is just wonderful. It's a big party. And uh, you, once you're there having so much fun, you forget the lesson of suffering and you use up all of your good karma, and so then you fall back down the wheel, and then you, you have to build yourself up again. But in the human realm, we, we don't live in a perfect paradise. We still suffer, and so we don't forget the lesson of suffering. And so it's easier for us, according to this philosophy, for us to leapfrog over the diva realm into the realm before enlightened realms. And uh, so in that sense, the human realm is the perfect realm to be in of the, the six realms of karmic rebirth. I hope that answered your question. Hmm. Wonderful. Uh, can we switch back to uh, your face? I want to see okay. you. Yes. Wonderful. So, uh, yeah, I'm very excited. So, uh, is there any uh, particular Nyorai Buddha you like that? Uh, you want to share with us? Well, I like them all, but my my favorite um, deities are from the diva class. Um, for example, the deity Siva, who was the lord of destruction in Hindu mythology, has been converted in Japan into a, a jolly Santa Claus, a big fat jolly Santa Claus, who's the god of the kitchen and the god of agriculture. That's a whole different story, but the diva class is a very, very interesting class. Um, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a different uh, presentation. Now, I didn't, I forgot to mention, um, I forgot to show my statues, um, but we don't necessarily need to do this. But again, the, the bump of knowledge, third eye, elongated ears. Um, and we often see as well that the Buddhas, again, a bump of knowledge, third eye, 
uh, elongated ears. Uh, generally, they sit on a lotus throne. And the lotus is very special importance in the Buddhist world, for it represents beauty growing from filth, because the lotus plant grows in the mud at the bottom of the river, but then it grows into a beautiful, beautiful flower. And that also symbolizes the, the work that we have to do as Buddhist practitioners, is that we have to struggle in a muddy, dirty, material world in order for us to flower into Buddhahood. Uh, so that's why often you see that the Buddhist statues are more than often sitting atop or standing atop a lotus throne. Wow. Well, that was uh, very well said. Uh, thank you very much for that today. Uh, yes, uh, I would like to know more about the, uh, your website and the, you know, what kind of the information we can find. And yeah, tell us all about it. Okay. Um, I've been working on it for 25 years. It's never finished. There's something maybe 400 different deities are um, analyzed and cataloged with lots and lots of photos. So you go to the site, which uh, I'll show you here. You just go to automarkproductions.com. And once you get there, you'll see a picture of a Buddha. And click that, and that'll take you to the uh, A to Z photo dictionary. And then if you know the name of the gods or goddesses or creatures, type it in the search box. If you don't, there are topical categories that you can uh, search on. Um, there's a, a section on mandalas, there's a section on star worship, there's a section on the zodiac. Um, and uh, the, the, uh, how do I say, uh, the, the site, includes the Japanese spellings and the J Chinese spellings and the Sanskrit spellings and uh, tons and tons of photographs. Wonderful. So I can't wait to hear uh, the next time when we talk about the uh, next category. So awesome. We're going to talk about the Bosatsu, uh, Bodhisattva next time. So if you guys think this information is useful, make sure to subscribe my YouTube channel follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and like me on my Facebook, because that's how we do it in the 21st century. So thank you very much, Mr. Schumacher. I really appreciate for your uh, knowledge and wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. See you next time. <laughs>